Hey guys, Eric here, and I want to talk to you real quick about the dailydownforce.com. Every day, this website covers the latest news and trends in NASCAR, from silly season right through the checkered flag in Phoenix. Need a new morning routine as soon as you wake up? Well, now you have it, dailydownforce.com. This is the website I use to keep up with the industry, the drivers, and of course, what the community is talking about. And speaking of community, dailydownforce.com is also home to some of your other favorite NASCAR content creators. Plus, they've got all sorts of information that I like to keep bookmarked, like schedules, penalties, ratings, and everything you want to know. Oh, and be sure to check out the merch shop while you're there to find some exclusive diecasts and collectibles. So check out dailydownforce.com, that's dailydownforce.com, and I'll see you in the replies. Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at polepositionmag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item, packed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At PolePositionMag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. Hey, y'all, Rick Houston here, and I want to tell you about my new show, the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast. I've partnered up with the state of North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources to help uncover the history behind moonshining mountain boys, professional wheelmen, and the backwoods and city lights of the Tar Heel State. In the first episode, I sat down with Winston Kelly at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills. He's got two things in his hand, pipe wrench and channel lock pliers, and they weren't new. They yeah. had been, they had been yeah. around the block a time or two. What's so, the first deal they built, I bet? No. no you know, you, I think they were, they had, the, the pliers had been red before, but paint had yeah. worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly, a.k.a. Dr. Daniel Pierce of UNC Asheville, to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenuers. He wrote about one of his experience of trying to chase down this, uh, this bootlegger and this, this souped-up car, and he, he complained that the government gave him these piece-of-crap, cheapo cars and that, that were really no match, but he thought he was doing pretty good. And then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappears. But then the guy makes a bootleg turn uh, and comes back towards him. And it, it, as he said, it was a game of chicken and I was a chicken. And so he ran off the road. And actually, he was the guy who, who caught Junior Johnson at his daddy still when Junior got tangled up in a, in a barbed wire fence. <laughs> So check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast available on YouTube, DailyDownForce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the Scene Vault Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the 
we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What is up, everybody? It'd be good if we were uh, on screen. How's it going, everybody? We are back Hi. for the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Mm-hmm. Yes, you guys are. You are uh, not muted, so you don't need to give the queen's wave. Uh, <laughs> but what what's going on? I some I guess stuff happened this weekend. I I think that you know I don't know. We're going back to this track next year. Oh oh, that's right. Oh, we're not. Is it actually is it actually happening mm-hmm. for real this time though? We're not going to go back one more year and then say. Oh, oh from what it sounds like they will not be back next year because it's going to take too long to make these renovations. I was yeah. thinking more of the 583 million buckaroos were uh, telling us that we weren't going back next year. <laughs> <laughs> but, that's a lot of money too. That's a large chunk of change for that land. Oh, no, but, that's uh, just chump change, man. That's just pocket change. <laughs> but you know, you what? don't got that lying around. <laughs> uh, I got a dollar. Uh. <laughs> All right, let's get let's get out of talking about NASCAR's money and give uh, some of our money here and money takes or uh, our little hot takes or takes or whatever we want to give it. Uh, Eric, how about you lead us off this week? What what what's your hot take going into Las Vegas? Yeah, I kind of want to set off what I think the first topic will be when we get to Auto Club, but. Yeah, I've always said this, and I think I've said this on this show. There's a difference, in my opinion, between who the greatest driver of all time is and who the best is. Greatest, you make an argument, is Richard Petty. He's the king, 200 wins, seven championships. He's got the look, the iconic 43. But if we're talking about the best, the most talented driver, I think you got to look at Jimmy Johnson or Jeff Gordon or Kyle Busch. That's right. I think Kyle Busch, and, and I thought this before he won Auto Club this weekend, but now winning once again in a Chevrolet, I think. If there ever was any doubt, Kyle Busch, when he is on, easily one of the top five best, as in most talented race car drivers to ever drive a NASCAR stock car. I'm not ready to put him on Mount Rushmore of greatest ever. For me, that's still in no particular order. Petty, Johnson, uh, Earnhardt, and probably Gordon. I think there's a, there's an argument to be made that David Pearson should be in there, but we're talking about most talented. Kyle Busch deserves to be in the top five. I stand by that uh, in for eternity. Uh, what do you about you, Danny? What do you got to get off your chest after an eventful and very cold weekend at Auto Club Speedway? <laughs> I, I know it's still very early. We're talking prices about Kyle Busch, but what about the other Kyle? I'm I'm worried about Kyle Larson and and that number five team. You know, granted, didn't get the practice or anything, so it is what it is on that part. But man, just from the get go, unloaded, immediately struggling, and just was done before it could ever get started. And this guy who won the race here a year ago, and uh, he was my pick. He was a few others' pick, and uh, well, he pr- he proved to you know shoot us in the foot last week. So, uh, man, I'm worried. I'm worried about the number five team. I don't. I, I hope it improves. I'm sure it will. I'm sure he'll still get some wins this year, but not a good start. 
So this weekend, Kyle Busch getting his first win, not only for RCR, but in the number eight car, now proves to me that one of the main reasons that he was hated wasn't because of his attitude, his driving style. It was because he drove for Joe Gibbs Racing and freaking Toyota the entire time during his prime up to this point. So if he was doing all this stuff in a Chevy and with one of the uh, top uh, uh, Chevy teams still, then maybe he might have been looked in a much different light. Now, I'm not saying like, okay, like he obviously would have gotten a lot of backlash for the Dale Jr. Uh, fiascos, you know, the uh, uh, um, or the uh, um, the on-track incidents and stuff. But the other stuff he might have gotten away with if he was driving a Chevy and not for Joe Gibbs. So I don't know, just like all of a sudden he wins a race and out of nowhere and everybody was freaking cheering. My mom was at the track. She said literally like everybody was cheering. Not a single boo could be heard on that TV. Kyle Busch is all of a sudden a fan favorite, but he might have been a lot sooner if he was driving a Chevy. All right. Well, I had people in the chat that were asking me before the show jared how are you gonna follow up saying mike joy needs to hang it up and okay. uh <laughs> and i admit that's that's a difficult one but i don't want to give a hot take for the sake of a hot take we talked about that i think before the show a little bit um but as we have at the moment uh at least from my end it's showing 400 plus watching i'm going to tell you this is my hot take the coliseum is going to be a points race next year now there's a there's reasoning to this. I don't want this to happen, but I'm giving yeah, there you got the shirt. You got the shirt. I'm <laughs> going for this, but I don't think it's gonna happen. Uh at least maybe it might. I don't know. We'll fight we'll find out. But when it comes to the Coliseum, one, NASCAR's already kind of floated that out there. And the media's floated it out there that it might be a possibility. And while people will rightfully say you can't run a race like normal uh at the Coliseum. Well, if you look in NASCAR's history, recent history, they did so at Bristol with heat races, eliminating different people at different points, using different ways of of awarding points for qualifying. So I think they could do it like that. They proved with this race that they just had in February that, yes, it'll be a crash fest, but as long as it's timed at the right, or it's put up at the right time, people will watch. Plus, the South California market is going to be in desperate need of a race, so because I don't think Auto Club's going to be back till 2025 at the earliest. So I'm going to stand on that hill right now that as much as I don't want it, NASCAR's going to make the Coliseum race a points race and move the Clash somewhere. Where were they going to move the Clash to? They're going to put it back at Daytona for 100 people to watch? Hmm. That's I think that's the big question, <laughs> honestly. Uh, you know, the Fans were very vocal, both from what I saw from people who attended and people who... We're watching on TV saying that, like, we need more stuff with Speed Weeks. Like, Speed Week, Speed Couple of Days, it just keeps getting cut every year. Speed we School Week. Speed School Week, because it's and, five days. And NASCAR's <laughs> shown to do well when when they are scheduled to a Monday night. They do well on Monday nights, especially when fans know it's coming. They don't do well on Tuesday nights. Um, but I think that we might see maybe a Monday night clash the night after the Super Bowl at Daytona. Maybe they mm. do it on the backstretch. Maybe they do it on the road course. I hope they don't do it on a road course because I don't think it fits for uh, 20 cars. No, no, no. Maybe they move it to another, you know, California stadium. Like, is uh, the uh, team that Spanos owns their old stadium still around or no? The San Diego Chargers old stadium? Oh, God. I'm trying cool. to think of different ways is they can it, do this. Is it still around? I don't know. I don't think so. But no they idea. desperately want that market. 
And so I think that, you know, they want that market so badly for points races. I wouldn't put it past them to do that. Or maybe just double up and have the clash at the Coliseum and then the Coliseum be <laughs> race three or four. Come back three weeks. I, I just, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> I, I, I don't think you're wrong that I think there's a very good chance that it becomes a points race next year. But yeah, then opens up the question. What do you do with the clash? Because you can't do the Coliseum, hype it up, and then come back three weeks later and do the exact same thing. Like, that's stupid. They can't do that. I, I don't think that there's any way that happens. So we'll see. Maybe they just say, hey, we're happy with our one LA race a year. It's the clash. We're just yeah. going to say there's no points race. There is a race in LA, but there won't be a points race. They might be okay with that and give that a auto club date to who knows where. It may be Rockingham. Yeah. Maybe Wilkesboro gets a I, points date. <laughs> I still say find a way to get Sonoma on the West Coast swing. Yes, yes, Maybe yes, they yes. give. It's probably a little too cold. I know that from what I hear, it's been warm in Tennessee lately, but give Bristol uh, a second concrete date again. Although they probably are, they've already put the dirt on it by now, haven't they? So never yeah, mind. That's yeah, off. Yeah, that's ready. Ready. yeah that's basically the by, the, by the time the night race is done, they start yeah. bringing dirt. And well, uh, I'm looking at the chat right now and uh, it's close. It's between me and Eric for hottest take of the night. Oh, see, but does that mean that are they voting for who actually had the like most out there take or are they just a whose take they like? Are they the just most? agreeing with it? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I, I, I asked know. them straight up who had the hottest take. So at least that's, that's the, oh, yeah, that's on them. They, they, they're, they're the ones misinterpreting. It's not on yeah. us. Hey, I'm happy. I'm happy with my 17%. I'll take the, the third place. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. 14% thought it was me. So well, yeah. honestly, I agreed with like everyone's take for the most part. Like, I, don't, I didn't really have any like disagreements. I mean, Woo-hoo! So. We all yeah, maybe, maybe we should get start getting the shouting matches. That'll get the ratings up. There we go. It's not. Skip, I'm just barking. Start barking. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you know, we we've held off long enough talking about this. I think we should uh, head right into Auto Club on this one. And I think the story we're all going to be looking at the story of the weekend. Kyle Busch. I mean, Kyle Busch winning hey. this race after all the drama that came between. <laughs> him and Joe Gibbs racing and then signing with Richard Childress racing. And then will he do well? No, he's washed up. I want to start off here with Danny. When it comes to Kyle Busch right now, what did he prove on Sunday? He proved it's still, it's still him. It don't matter. The, the equipment is still him. And I think it also proves maybe RCR wasn't really ever the problem. Maybe it really was just the drivers they've had for the last few years. No offense to them, but Kyle Busch got in there and traded it as as if he had been racing there for years. Uh, so, I mean, good for him, though. I was standing in the pit of the eight team at the end of the day, 2,500. I saw the disappointment in Samantha Bush's face and the team's face. You know, they really wanted to get that one, but uh, they, they rebounded and won the very next week. So, and especially in a week where they had no practice, nothing go off of except for literally – what they knew from Tyler Reddick's car from last year and they applied it all and they, they got the win. So I, for, for Kyle though, what that proved though, is that he's never really out of it. Is he? He's what stood out, out to it. me was this was Kyle Bush's best talents put on full display. Like it was the end of stage two. We saw Ross Chastain P one Kyle Bush close to him in P two. And what happened as the laps went on Chastain drove away. He won stage two by like six seconds. Kyle Busch was not even in his zip code. So they all came in, made a pit stop, and Kyle Busch and Randall Burnett, 
I think Randall Burnett deserves a lot of credit as well. Bush is great at communicating when he's focused, at least he's great at communicating what he needs from his car, how they can adjust on it. That's why practice has been so key for him over the years. I think losing practice hurt him for a few years there, but they made a miraculous adjustment to that car between stages two and three, because then the opening run of stage three, there's another long run. Chastain had the lead. Kyle kept him close, but rather than fade, he passed Chastain right before that final green flag pit stop. You know, when Fox refused to note it, they didn't even commentate when he made that really great pass on the inside Chastain going into turn one. So to me, that's Kyle Busch's greatest skill in many ways put on full display. So uh, the field needs to watch out because Kyle could have easily won the clash. He came from like last to third and 60 laps. Mm-hmm. He could have easily won the Daytona 500. He was leading at the 500th mile. And he, and he overcame the speeding penalty too. At over- this one. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, and I'd be afraid. Kyle Busch seems on his game. Side note, if I can say this, you mentioned Chastain. Uh, good for Trackhouse. You know, ev- everyone wasn't sure how they'd do after the season they had last year. They still showed that they're they're still going to be a threat. You know, they might not they might not have it where they can close out a lot of these wins, but they're going to be there in the stages. They're going to be there in the closing laps. Uh, both uh, Suarez and Chastain showed some good speed this weekend. Fun fact on that. I looked it up. There are four drivers through these first two points races who finished inside the top 10 in both, both track house drivers are on that list. So mm-hmm. I mean, some consistency and, early on. And uh, I think Alex Bowman is one of them too. Suarez mm-hmm. even said mm-hmm. after slip that in there. <laughs> Suarez even said post-race that he's just, he was, he was privileged to be able to drive those rocket ships. So they feel, they feel some type of way about the team and oh my gosh. Oh, I mean, he was like, just ha- so happy after his, uh, his uh, top five finish, but back to Kyle Busch though. Yeah. Like I would be afraid if I'm the rest of the field. Cause yeah, he came back from a speeding penalty, but then he, he was like, he was cool on the radio. He was joking and stuff. He was just so comfortable. And I just found that really odd for a guy that's um that's uh, in his, uh, in his, um, his um, only his uh, second points race with his uh, brand new team. So already having that that you know level of comfort with the team is in only their second race of points race is pretty insane. And then they were able to you know overcome the adversity of the speeding penalty, and they were able to adjust throughout the race because it was looking like Chastain was running away with it. Nobody had any answers for him. Well, except Suarez sometimes, but then he would eventually fade. Um, I mean, Chastain was competing for a championship, and then some people were saying, "Oh, Kyle Busch, he's washed and stuff. He's washed up." But no, I mean, everywhere he goes, man, he just makes them better. I mean, it wasn't a matter. I mean, like I figured he would have before the season, I predicted he would have won three races. But now already one of two in terms of points races. I'm like, oh, it's looking like it might be way more this year. I, I just remember, I think it was last year. I had said like five to six wins is what I was giving Kyle Busch. And I thought I, I'll be real. I thought I was out there with it, too. But I, at the same time. <laughs> I remember 2008 because I remember going into that season, everyone counted him out because that 18 car was junk. I mean, it was 25th yeah. in points at the best yeah. for years. And it was like the, Labani. Yeah. Well, even Labani, the last about year and a half. But sure. Yeah. And then yeah. He was awful. JJ Yaley, the best he had is he got, I remember because I was at this race, he got a pull in Michigan in 2007 mm-hmm. and then dropped two <laughs> laps down. Like, <laughs> That 18 car was not the Bad. juggernaut that people will remember it for because of Kyle Busch. And so him coming over to a car that, you know, I'd, I'd say that eight car has probably been about a 10th to 15th car. Uh, but I would say Kyle Busch is one of the few drivers who can elevate his equipment. 
I think, you know, people talked about it a bit with Reddick and, and, you know, two races in. It's not looking great, but at the same time, it's Daytona and one auto club race of bad luck. So I won't say too much bad about Reddick. But, you know, Tyler Reddick is an insanely talented driver. He's not Kyle Busch. Like, you can love him or hate him, but you can, we, we talked about before, Kyle Busch is one of the most raw, talented drivers out there. And now that he's focused, I still think, you know, yet I know we came to defense of Coach Gibbs. But I still think he's pissed about the situation. So a motivated, pissed-off Kyle Busch, with a motivated, pissed-off team owner and Richard Childress, they're on a revenge tour. I, I, I'm scared for the competition because if, if Kyle Busch ain't that great at, at super speedways overall, goes out there and should have won the Daytona 500. We saw what he did in the clash. Goes out, wins at Fontana, which is a heavily driver-dependent track. And now we're going to Vegas, his home track, which is another heavily driver-dependent track. You No slouch wins at Vegas, you know, with, with how worn out it's been. Like, <laughs> he might be racking up a lot of playoff points, is, is what I'm going to say. He is that's, he is set up for a good run. That's and a good also, point, though, you made about it's not just Bush motivated to prove JGR wrong, prove the doubters wrong. It's RCR who... Yeah. You basically said, you know, Tyler Reddick said, no, I'd rather drive for Toyota than you guys. Like, that's, uh, no, that's a good point. The team's too motivated, too. I didn't really well, think about it and, like that. And here's the thing that, that, you know, we didn't talk about it last week. But what the hell is David Wilson doing going out there and basically, you know, there's some days we'll miss him, but there's other days we really don't miss Kyle Bush. And it's like, why would you give him Why would you give him locker room hey. like posters? He knew that was going to take out of context. He, he should have known not to say that. Yeah. Well, first off, yeah, that's not that doesn't sound like something you would say publicly. So like, and and only two races into the freaking season. So I'm surprised he said that. Number one. Number two. Back to RCR being motivated. I mean, the last time they won a championship, 1994, Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s seventh and final Winston Cup Series championship. I wasn't born yet. Most of us weren't even born in the chat yet. Like, like, dude, there's most of the field wasn't even freaking born yet. You know, <laughs> like, like it's crazy. Like, RCR has not been relevant like that for a championship really since. Uh, I mean, like, there were you know, like, obviously parts towards the end of Dale Senior's career. Kevin Harvick was Harvick flirting within a few years. years. Yeah, Newman, like, remember, he was second in 2014. See that? Yeah. Okay. So, so basically, so technically, if you want to get technical with it, they haven't been relevant in terms of the championship conversation since 2014. But really, it's been a lot longer than that. And you know, when Kyle Busch goes over to a team, not only is he going to make that team better, he's going to make his teammates better. And Austin Dillon, I'm telling you, Austin Dillon, not only was he thinking, Dan, like, you know, like. He could really perform well with us, but he could help me out too. I'm pretty sure Austin Dillon's like, yes, I can benefit from this. And we're already seeing it because he finished P9 already at freaking Auto Club. And I think, yeah. honestly, he'll he'll compete for multiple wins this year, I think, with the help of Kyle Busch, his assistance. Because we're going to some tracks where I'm like, oh, okay, Austin Dillon, he's ran pretty good think, here. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I had Austin Dillon out of my out of the playoffs in my preseason predictions, but after these first couple Might of weeks. I have to add him in. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got to check. Maybe I did have him. I might have had him in, but I don't think I did. And I'm regretting it now because, you, you know, Kyle Bush and him, they I think they'll be a good duo. Uh, and I'm also, I asked the chat. I'm looking because I, I know I have a prediction somewhere in my desk. Uh, yeah. But I'm, I asked the chat, not if he's a championship contender, is Kyle Bush a title favorite? And 88% of the well over 100 votes have said yes. I do worry that everyone's gone a little too far. Like, I, I mean, Jerry, you I and I both predicted 
Yeah, you and I both said he'd win five races this year. We said that over a month ago, a couple I months said ago. Three. This this yeah, team was but, not bad. They still won three races yeah. last year. Yeah, but man, I, I do worry that now everyone's come over to that side. Everyone's convinced <laughs> he's gonna win six races, five races, and it's like I hope hey, <laughs> I hope he does. Let's just remember on to watch. Let's just remember 2021. The five team did not exist the year before, technically. And, and speaking of uh, other Chevy teams, uh, so Hendrick Motorsports was pretty interesting weekend. Three of their cars ran pretty well, but then Larson had the issues early on. I mean, it just, I mean, we're only two races in though, so I don't want to worry right away. And also, we didn't have any practice neither. I know so, why, I know we didn't have practice for rain. But that yeah. that that again should just tell NASCAR this is why we need practice. This yeah, stuff, I mean, I, I, was it Denny Hamlin? It, it feels like a Denny Hamlin thing to say. Uh, was it Denny Hamlin that said it made the sport look like a bunch of amateurs? That you know, people are going out. That sounds like something he would say. Breaking down, people are having engine issues in the first couple like you know miles of the race. It, it there's I think there's some credence to that statement. You know, it, every every other motorsport practices every other you know ev- every stick and ball sport practices like there's a reason pros practice that yes to the best but the I, practice needs to become a normal like the, the whole thing they're doing at phoenix yeah 50 minute practices. like yep. these yep. tracks year to year are not exactly the same tracks the drivers need to get used to it and they should not be spending stage one as a practice session that's, I'll that's say this about Larson, though, is it could be indicative of a bigger issue. I mean, he is the only one who had, I think maybe Ty Dillon. Did he have an engine failure? Like yeah, Ty Dillon, no, yes. Ty Dillon did. No, Ty Dillon, yes. So, yes. okay, those were the two. But Larson was the only contender with, with catastrophic engine failure. And last year, I, I mean, guess it was more power issues. They did get back on the track. It was an electrical issue. And I look back last year, and he had at least three races, I know for sure, that were cut short due to some sort of engine problem. And I don't know how many of those were electrical off the top of my head. I, diehard Larson fans probably remember, but that, like that's more than you expect out of a contender in one given season. So the fact they've already had an issue like that, that, that feels like there's a preparation problem. I, I don't really, know. Like, I, come to think of it outside of like him winning at auto club last year, he started off kind of having some issues last year too, didn't he? Yeah. So I, mean, I, I don't know. I just wonder if it's a Larson, so if it's a Larson issue more so than it is some others, but I mean, with you, Jared, obviously more practice. It's tough. They couldn't do much this week because of the rain, but um, for sure going forward, and, it's another one, m- reminder. And a couple more things I wanted to talk about too, before we move on to some other topics. I mean, uh, Corey LaJoy was really uh, the star of the show. Sometimes. He's in the playoffs. Uh, he was, yeah. Now. Dude, he now. ended up finishing 14th after all of that. I mean, after he was spinning. running up there consistently. Yeah, he was consistently I thought when he got spun, there. I thought his day was over. I yeah, was like, oh, but, man, he's going to finish 25th. All right. But it's pretty obvious that he's not used to running up front just because, you know, the way, like, it, there were some parts where I'm like, yeah, you're not used to it yet. But I think he'll learn. He'll learn pretty fast. And then also, too, um, is Kevin Harvick's back okay from all that freaking team carrying he's been doing the entire weekend? Like, what is up? Hey, what's going on with Storehouse, man? Like, I don't. This has been going on for the last couple of years. I, I know. know what, I don't know why I... we're asking what's going on. This is. It's, I... it's... Dude, like, I don't know. It's just like Storehouse. Like, I'm just still not used to them just being this irrelevant, man. I, it, I just... mean, I, I didn't really see how Almarola and uh, Priest were running. I know they were mid-pack when they got caught up in that big restart wreck, but Briscoe is the one. It's, it's not on the driver. It was on the yeah. team, I, I assume, because they just had a car that was like down on power for the first half of the race. He was yeah. outside the top 30. 
Yeah. He was 25 seconds behind the next slowest oh, car. Rick, like Rick Ware cars. J.J. Yaley in the exactly. second Rick Ware but, car was outpacing the 14th. Yeah, it's crazy. And they, they figured it out enough to crack the top 20 at the end. But mm-hmm. like that's that's a team. That's a preparation problem. If you are that bad or it might have just been a parts failure that they had to work on or they had to fix. But still, it's, it's just, they, they just no, don't it, have a good track record the past couple yeah, of seasons. It's just funny to me because Clint Boyer is kind of poking the bear of Tony Stewart in the booth like, dang, what's wrong with your car, bro? What's wrong with it, man? man. Yeah, maybe maybe but, they should be focusing a little yeah. more energy on their calls rather than uh, yeah. poking the bear. Mm. Good point. Shout out to Brad Kozlowski, though, P7 after a spell. No, yeah. I want to bring He's up- also in the playoffs right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I want to bring up somebody who's not in the playoffs right now. I know, Eric, you talked about him in your video today. Uh, and, and we're seeing on the bottom line right now the playoff standings. He is last in points. <laughs> I know it's two races in, but Tyler Reddick is closing in on being a full race out of the playoffs at the moment. And yes, there are some <sighs> bad teams, but there are some good teams that are out of the playoffs at the moment that are still going to be ahead of him. He's not. I don't. I don't think Kyle Larson is going to get outran by Tyler Reddick this year. How worried? I know two races in, but how worried are you with Tyler Reddick being 36 out already? And there are plenty of good tracks, and there are plenty of guys who can win. Oh, I'm well. Look, it's only two races in. I get all that, but I mean, like the whole entire offseason, people were hyping up Tyler Reddick. Like, oh, this is an upgrade. This is over RCR. This is a way better ride than RCR. I think he's starting to figure out. Like, yeah, this isn't the same team. Okay, like. They do have some nice moments, and you know, you saw Bubba Wallace running up front, who like like inside the top five during like the early parts of the race. But then Tyler Reddick was just sort of in the midfield, not really like you know, sort of making any runs and stuff. Like even at one point, he was battling with uh, the other monster car, Ty Gibbs. Like, look, Ty Gibbs is a freaking rookie, man. Like, you know, like I get they're in the same Toyota camp, but I mean, you bring in a Tyler Reddick, and you know, you thought like, oh, this team would take the next step immediately, but I think he's finding out quickly. Like, it's gonna take some time. You know, because like 2311, you can have all the nice deals, the nice brands, you know, nice looking schemes. But I mean, as far as the on track performance, it can be very hit or miss sometimes. So he's going to he's going to have to to learn. It's going to it's going to take some time to adjust. I just worry that car. I guess that car. Well, technically, Bubba won in the 45, but that was the 23 team. That car won one race last year with Kurt Busch. And I think I think at this point in his career, Tyler Reddick is, is comparable to a Kurt Busch at the end of his career. So I expect the 45 to win a race, maybe two, but I'd hate to see him kind of in a must-win scenario early. Like you mentioned, he's 30-plus points out. It's early. You got 24 more races. But last year, like you you said, he's 30-something points behind 16th. Last year, the fifth-place car missed the playoffs. Hmm. So I'm not looking at 16th if I'm Redick. If he doesn't win in these first 26 races – He's probably got to be top 10 in points, at least maybe top eight. We'll probably have at least 14 different 13 or 14 different winners if I had to guess. So I'm not panicked, but I'm a little concerned. The two, like he hasn't had a ton of um, speed necessarily, but the two wrecks were not, you know, he just, he got turned at Daytona awkward situation. Then he got caught up in that restart. Like it's been bad luck more or less so far, but he has four points total. I'm not concerned even in the slightest, you know, who else had only four points this time last year? And who was sitting in 36th, currently Reddick's in 38th, Christopher Bell. Mm-hmm. And Christopher Bell went on to climb his way back up to eighth in the standings before he ever even won. He he he, he overcame that. It was good, both standing-wise, and he got a win. I'm not worried about Tyler Reddick right now. It's the way only, too early. The, the only difference is just 
that's Joe Gibbs. This is 23-11. Still, we're only two races in, though, so we'll see where he is. After I think at this point season. you shouldn't be able to say that. They've had three years to get this right, and, and, and technically they should be on the same level as Joe Gibbs now at this point with their standing of Toyota. There's not that many of them at this point. Oh, I mean, should, if, if, but... if, track, if Trackhouse can be in that many Chevys and still be doing this, we shouldn't give that same excuse at 23-11 right now. Oh no! I mean, they, they, there should be no excuses, but unfortunately, just the they just they don't seem to have it all figured out usually. Uh, but. The only thing worry wise, I'll say, uh, and and I I with Danny, I don't think they should be worried, uh, but I'll give that like little five percent in the back of my head. That Dale Junior fan waiting for something to go wrong. That Viking fan, that Cub fan waiting for the shoot, the other shoe to drop, kind of. Oof. Thing. No. And what I'm gonna right. say is this: Iowa Reddick seems he can run fast at super speedways but he has bad luck too and unlike most seasons before last year where there were only two more super speedways left that he would have to worry about for the point side of things there's now four super speedways left in the last 24 races so almost a fifth of the races remaining are super speedways or is that no never mind a sixth i think Almost yeah. a sixth, or a full sixth, yeah. Like, he gets taken out of two or three of those. And that 36-point gap, you add maybe 20, 25 points to each of those races being taken out. Now, he can also go out there and win that, but can, so can 35, 40 other guys, or 39 other guys. So that's where my worry comes in, is if it does, if he does have a Ryan Blaney season where he should have won three or four times. I mean, come on. If, 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 Somebody like Jeff Gordon can go winless multiple seasons. Tyler Reddick can in 2311 equipment. So that that's where last year is kind of in the back of my head too. I'd usually bank on Truex and Blaney winning at least a race in the regular season. It didn't happen. So there also could be somebody, you know, with this new rule too. Corey LaJoy could be 31st in points and win at Daytona. <laughs> and... You know, that that could so I don't think this early I would worry. I would say if he DNFs like this week and he's like sixty points out, that's what I'm like, oh man. Is that yeah, if, this is when that, you start setting up who's actually gonna be around that cut line. That becomes must win territory three weeks into the season. I because I, I was my only counter argument to Danny's point, uh, because he's right, Bell first two races really bad shot to the top of the standings or shot up high into the standings by the summer. Denny Hamlin was 30th in points after auto club last year. He won a couple of races and still, by the time the playoffs started, he only got up to, I believe 14th, which if he hadn't won those races, I mean, he wouldn't have even been close to qualifying for the playoffs. Uh, so it, I, I just would hate to see Reddick in must win territory. I still think he win a race. I think he is going to win a race at some point in these, these first 26, but I'd hate to see that. It'd be like win at all costs or a driver with his new team, you know? Well, I'm looking at the chat here, and I asked, should Reddick start to worry this early on? I kind of figured that it would be this, but fi only 54% said no. 46 are worrying. Um, I, I'm shocked. I thought it would be much higher in the nose. Yeah, so it was I. a lot higher at first. Well, I guess um, we got more people worried than originally thought. Well, looking at some other drivers here, uh, or just the track overall, before we get into the, the big auto club talk we'll have, uh, while they didn't all show up, the racing, it's, you know, fans wise, there were still a lot of fans in the stands. And racing wise, Auto Club showed out. Like, that was the Auto Club that everyone would envision as, like, the track they're going to be missing. Because I, I admit going into the season, 
there's that little, you know, because this has been a big talking point of fans. One of the things that was in the back of my head kind of worrying me, I was like, what if everyone starts saying how much you're going to miss Auto Club, starts hyping up this race, and then it's like the 2017 race or the 2018 <laughs> race. So it's just single file and nobody can pass and it's just terrible. Thank God it wasn't. I personally, even though the finish got drawn out, I don't let, for me, I don't let the finish make or break a race for me. I had it as like about an eight or a nine out of 10 personally. There was plenty of lines that were used. The restarts were amazing, five wide, but they were able to pass throughout the runs. It, 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 it was a, I, to me, it was anything I would ask for for a race. Uh, but I want to know whoever wants to, to go first, just shout out what you think. Go for it. What did you think of Auto Club's last showing? Both races, uh, even, if you want. The last races, or excuse me, the last Cup Series race there showcase the track's best qualities right from the opening lap it was it was like it was already three wide coming off of turn two either that or or uh, coming off of turn two on the second lap basically like within the first three laps it was already three wide there um you know you saw guys coming and going you know some of the guys who were leading earlier just like weren't weren't factors later on in the race i mean that type of stuff happens at that track all the time and you know, like, yeah, the ending was like long drawn out and stuff, but I mean, you know, that was a, that was a perfect final race for the track. In my opinion, it showcased all the good qualities. It certainly wasn't perfect at times, as you saw, you know, there was, you know, large leads and stuff, large gaps amongst the field for every now and then, but uh, props to Fox though. Like you, for the most part, for the most part, they showcased the battles throughout the race. They did cut away from a certain four wide battle, but that's I forget, it. <laughs> I forget how many, lead changes i said there was but i know there was like at least over 20 of them there was a lot of them yeah there was a lot of them now granted uh the 2022 finish was way more exciting now but also you know start at the end yeah it was a restart like you know as far as like the racing aspect i preferred this one over last year's just off the fact that there weren't many tire issues like that second race last year there was so many tire issues and it and it and it uh it killed the momentum of the race at times you know because it was so annoying and then they couldn't really get back to the pit lane and stuff it was finally good to see the track go out without any of those you know uh, of those mechanical or, or tire issues you know it was it was a good ending it was a good send-off the only controversy of in its final race was do we have to leave this place oh, oh <laughs> well also too i almost forgot Oh yeah, an RIP to the uh the black cat. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll, we'll talk about. I guess uh, there's that little little. Mittens. I didn't. I didn't see. Do we know who hit that? Who hit the cat? It's did the look, cat actually get it, hit? It looks like it yes. was Blindy. No, so I saw that the yeah. the red paint. There was a red paint scuff on his car. So yeah. the, when he hit the cat, it was already dead. So somebody oh, else hit it before man. then. God. And then that's also what took out, there, I believe, Bell and Harvick's cameras too. Mm-hmm. Well, see, I I don't know because there was a picture tech by photographer that showed the cat alive and then uh chastain was right under him and then there's another shot from tv that showed chastain in a similar position and blaney was coming on the high line where he would have hit the hit the cat i i will say (laughs) this is maybe maybe it's a morbid sense of humor here it was kind of i won't say funny but it was interesting seeing all these drivers changing their lines and diming in the corner (laughs) mid corners so they wouldn't hit the the remains (laughs) Um, the... but rest rest but, in peace, mittens. Yeah, it's, we so, named it. Who named it? I don't know. I'm just. I named I, it. I, I'm just more like, how'd it get in there? 
I my my theory is it was probably just living there over the winter and woke up one morning. I'm like, what the what Damn. the hell are all these just people doing race. here? You had just one more race, bro, and <laughs> you would have been free. It, it, yeah, oh, yeah. Rest in peace, mittens. Yeah. I thought the racing was great, though. I mean, to echo everything you guys have already said, multiple lanes. I mean, that's my favorite type of racing is where you can use the bottom, the middle, the top, depending on how fresh your tires are, how your car is set up. I, I like when it's not like I love Martinsville. Martinsville's awesome track, very unique. But, you know, sometimes I hate that it's a one groove track. And if you get shuffled out, you're going to lose 10 spots. I hate that sometimes. Same thing with Daytona, honestly, even though it's a multi groove track, you get shuffled out, you use a bunch of spots. It sucks. I like that at a track like Auto Club. You can work both lanes. You can, you know, if you're tight or loose, you can change your lane and maybe hold on to a position. It really puts a lot of, um, it puts a lot into the driver's hands, gives them a lot of different elements to play with. So I thought it was a fantastic race to, to go off. Yeah. The finish sort of just was a finish, but, um, you know, it was only the last like 20, 25 laps before then it was still uh, very close between Bush and Chastain. Someone said that they were about the, the thing on the track wish that nascar would prone to caution i just don't think they knew about it in time sadly that's a quick yeah um but one other thing that we can talk about before we get into the post auto club talk here is uh the giant ass wreck like i'm just gonna call it that it was the biggest wreck in the history that, of yeah. auto club speedway right at the end it was straight straight out of rookie eye racing lobbies right there and and the funniest part about it to me was whoever was freaking on the radio was like damn 42 what did gregson do he got stacked up he got stacked up there just blaming the rookie out of nowhere like i know he was on older tires and props to gregson he was showing some fight too you know he didn't have a chance at times and he was showing some fight up there uh amongst the uh the top five but but no that wasn't his fault chastain just freaking I mean, Joe Logano was leading, but by rule, the leader gets to go whenever he feels like it. Chastain bumps into him. He has to check up, and then that basically starts to check up. So that was, that was technically Chastain's fault. I think so. I, I think it was Hamlin said on his podcast this week that, like, Logano will sometimes do this little trick where he's able to, like, rev – he'll rev the engine without actually going to mm. try and fake you out. And I'm I like, guess if he, he got did faked that, out. That's he got freaking faked genius. Logano is one of the guys. If he's able to do that, that's brilliant. I, I wonder how many other drivers do things like that. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, Chastain's one who got faked out, and that's what stacked everybody up. I mean, <laughs> I saw people talking about it being because of the larger restart zone that they're able to play those games longer and stuff. That's probably like that. true. Mm-hmm. That's definitely true. But uh, maybe Chastain thought he knew where the line used to be and knew Logano had to go by then, and then realized, oh shit, no, there's 50 more feet. Whoops. My response to that is, is like with any of these big rule changes they've had, you know, we had issues before with when, when the shoes rule was put in and they had issues with double file restarts back in 2009 when they were implemented full time. So, you know, I, I asked the chat and it's looking like a lot of them are saying it's because of the larger restart zone. But, but to what I say on that one is it's up to the drivers to adapt at that point, you know, like they're going to play games unless NASCAR is going to step in. Restart games have been around forever, so yeah. I, I don't but see poor, a problem personally. Poor Eric Almarola. He always has something like happen to him at Fontana. I remember in 2014, and Brian Scott, like, like that was one of the only few times I saw Eric Almarola piss. So yeah, the only few times I've seen him piss in an interview have uh, have uh, both taken place at Fontana, nearly 10 years apart now. So <laughs> poor guy. He was like, "Damn, I came out of retirement for this." Like, unfortunately. <laughs> 
A lot of good cars that got destroyed. Only two races and he's already what? He won a duel. He won his duel race. But it's all good. Free bacon. So it's like, uh, do I want to come back for the free bacon? Yeah, I'll come back. I'm in free bacon. <laughs> well, the amount of money throw making, he don't have to worry about the cost of bacon. So, yeah. <laughs> but it's still a long season, though. A little long season. Well, that about covers what we had on track. We'll talk about uh, sort of the viewer reception, I guess we'll call it, with these last two bits of of uh, of what we're going off of here tonight with the ratings and uh, the the segment that we'll make sure Darian is timed for to to make sure that uh, he tells us what the seg- the segment is this week. <laughs> uh, but let's go into the TV ratings really quick. They they weren't good, but on, honestly, they were actually better than Daytona. Not in viewership, but in uh, percentages. So this past week got a 2.48 rating, and that was 4.315 million viewers. It means it was down 5.6% in viewership, which I guess if you're comparing to being down like 8% like Daytona was, is better. Uh, interestingly, oh, go for it, go for it. I was just gonna say to me that that still sounds solid to say that four million people tune in to watch a race at Auto Club. It's not far off from last year's. Uh, yeah. They're both in the mid middle four million range, but it's a, it's definitely a drop by well, a little. Something that was that I found interesting, and I, you know, I I made sure I looked back last year to be sure it was true. Uh, but both races last year started out lower than the respective races they could be compared to. And we still had a ratings increase overall. So I guess we're like, I want to know what the theory is to that. My theory is that NASCAR is a larger core fan base and a smaller outside fan base. So through the year, that core fan base will stick around. Like the four of us are going to watch every week and the four of us are upset about auto club, but I'm sure if you walk down the street and ask Joe Schmo in San Bernardino, hey, uh, are you upset about the Auto Club race? You're going to watch the last Auto Club race? What the hell is Auto Club is what they're going to ask you. <laughs> is that is that English? <laughs> Sorry. So that that's my theory with it. I, I'm I'm not going to go and you know and be like some and say that you know it's a what let's let's hang the banner every every time that that it's down. Hey, but but it was because of this was on. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> But at the same time, I'm also going to say that it's still not the end of the world. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see how, when it showed last year and out, how it looks the next four, five, six weeks, and then start looking and comparing more personally. Yeah, just my only concern was the 18 to 49 demo because it was yeah, like either it was, third or fourth. It was behind. No, it was, was 18 percent, oh. which is lower than than last year oh. than most of the year. But and and it was yeah. behind like what? Like it was behind a couple of NBA games, NBA WWE, two NBA games, and the WWE had a higher uh, one. But we had yeah, yeah. it had 18 percent in the key demo, which is is not- it's lower than what most races last year were in the key demo, which was about 22 to 25%. Yeah. So that's already a little low. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I'm again, I'm not going to say it's good. I'm not going to also say it's the end of the world though. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, that's really the ratings talk with it. We have, uh, I guess we have one other kind of ratings talk. Oh yes, that's right. That's right. In my radio voice, the poll, the famous iceberg poll yeah, on the NASCAR like Weekly podcast. Yeah, wow. that, that's yeah. more like it. That's the radio voice I've been looking there for. That go. sounded there more like go. now batting number yeah. ninety nine, Aaron Judge. <laughs> but yes, uh, yeah, go let, ahead, let's roll into it then. Uh, so I asked, what did you think about the twenty twenty three Pala Casino four hundred? 
Uh, and people showed out for this one, and 50% of you said that this was a great race. Right off the top, 50%, half said it was great. We're very lopsided this week, which is deserved, I, I would say. Uh, but looking at some of the, the other options here, 37% said that it was a good race. So 87% net positive, then 10% average, 2% below average. Only 1% of voters said that it was a bad race. Wow, that didn't seem that's how does that compare to other Kyle Bush wins? Yeah, that's uh, interesting. This is the lowest percentage of net negative we've had since 2019. Wow, wow. Hey, and side note, did you guys notice they cheered for Kyle Bush this weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah everybody, everybody well, did. I'll admit, you know, and I, <laughs> I, growing up as an Earnhardt fan, it was, it was conflicting for me because I'm like, why do I feel good? That Kyle Bush won. Like I could be like either side, like or just like in the middle and be like, oh, okay, whatever. But I'm like, man, like I actually like, like it's like when I was at Bristol last year. I'm actually kind of happy Kyle Bush it, won. It <laughs> helps that he was in the eight. Yeah, and yeah. driving for RCR. It's a new. I, I just I but yeah. I thought your your point at the very beginning, Darian, was spot on. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Na- NASCAR fans it. like NASCAR fans get so angry about so many things, but the moment Kyle Bush drives a Chevy for, for Richard Childress in the number eight, it's like he's never yeah. done anything wrong. I, yeah, I don't it's know. A clean like they just they just want to stick it to Toyota and Gibbs that bad. I just like NASCAR fans will never admit that they are some of the most biased <laughs> sports fans on planet Earth. <laughs> I mean, every fan's, I mean, fans sort for fanatic. You're supposed more, to be biased. It's more so but it NASCAR was, fans, though, It was cause... shocking. I could not believe. At Daytona, during pre-race, he still got a few boos. I heard some mm-hmm. boos during pre-race at Daytona, driver intros. Yeah. But I, not a single boo from what I heard I at wanna, Auto Club. I want to get, uh, I'll be at Bristol for the for the dirt race. I won't be there for the night race, but I'll be there for the dirt race. I want to hear how it is there. And he gets booed whether it's dirt or concrete there at Bristol every year. I want to hear that one. That's like the last place he gets booed more than Logano anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But look, I think Blue Jimmy fan makes it right is, is right. The fans just are loathe Joe Gibbs at this point. At they this don't. point, yeah. And, and you <laughs> know what, Denny? Yeah, uh, all Denny the names. Do some PR work for uh, yeah. for Gibbs on his podcast. Yeah, all the memes I've been funny. seeing, all the memes I've been seeing come out this week has been people just uh, just just clowning on the downfall mm-hmm. of Joe Gibbs over yeah. all this. I'm I'm not gonna say it's it's a downfall yet, like a lot of people okay. have. No, I know Downgrade what you mean. Great so far. Yeah. I know what you mean. I. I'm for me, it's like you still got Christopher Bell, you still got Ty Gibbs. Like, there's a very young nucleus is still there, but yeah, like in the short term at the moment, like, uh, I mean, it's kind of, I, I, I wonder if Joe Gibbs talks to Rick Hendrick and be like, hey, uh, how do you feel about the guy you let go winning right away? <laughs> well, I, I, I think you'd, I think you'd probably say, yeah, I still won a few championships and Jimmy Johnson happened. Yeah, I think I think Rick won in the end. Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, let's roll into what what the guys thought in in the uh, comments of the poll this week. A lot of people came out in force. Bryce Johnson, you got the top voted comment this week. They don't know why, but I feel like we needed a race like this in a good way. Yeah, I agree. It was, it was, I felt I felt it was the perfect send off. What do you but. mean a race like this? <laughs> <laughs> and now we have that other side of the fan base. No, we didn't. Uh, Ethan uh, was the next one, and he kind of echoes our sentiments on this. It was awesome to hear the crowd cheer for Kyle when he got out of the car. Got to respect his journey over the last few months. 
mean, some of it was also self-inflicted, but yeah, yeah. That, some of that was his fault. Yeah, I mean, as much I'm as I'm blaming, I mean, as I'm much as I blame Joe Gibbs for like, I think he fumbled <laughs> the bag a lot too. Like, let's let's not act like Kyle Bush was Kyle Bush, Bush two thousand Kyle Bush. Yeah, Kyle Bush like quite literally may have fumbled the bag if he yeah. really turned down a, a large offer from Gibbs yeah. a year ago. According to Denny Hamlin, he was like yeah. he was offered a large chunk of change, and he was like, okay, "No, nope. I don't, I don't know how reliable I'm going to have Denny Hamlin that's when fair. he's defending his employer and the, <laughs> the, the, the manufacturer of his team." Like that's fair. totally fair, but but that like that story's been going on for a while. That late 2021, Bush got an offer that was pretty good, but not as good as he was expecting, and he turned it down, hoping they'd get a better deal with a sponsor, and then a, a sponsor never came and so he was out <laughs> uh well next comment here is another kyle bush one pluto p says three races if you include the clash three amazing cars kyle is looking terrifying this yeah terrifying i like that be scared i mean it it, it does remind me a bit of early 2008 right now like i remember that atlanta race because mm-hmm. I, you know, like I said i went into that year being like oh kyle bush is gonna like run 15th all year and then that atlanta race happened and i'm like ooh. Ooh, this might be tough. This 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 might be difficult this year. <laughs> um, let's look at some of the other ones. We'll scroll down a little bit. Get some of the people that didn't get as many uh, upvotes on this one. Okay, we I wonder who this guy roots for. It says has a uh, number eight in their profile. Uh, JD here. Il Junior. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I don't I don't know if it's it's not the Junior eight, but W day for us Bush fans. <laughs> uh, gonna miss the two mile oval, but here's hoping for more great races from short track in the future. Crossed happened. I'll drink to that. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Hey, uh, si- side note on that: after all the problems we had at Bristol last year, I ain't too hopeful about that. Yeah. Uh, looking at some of the other ones here, uh, Max, for instance, says, "Love the race plus a bonus of being a Bush fan." Bowman with the top ten run as well. Okay, I slipped Bowman in there, of course. <laughs> what? Uh, you're. Act- <laughs> Danny's I'm talking no something like yeah board, that's what like I'm saying yeah. dogpiling nothing even happened that, that's a that, that was a just a fan saying something good about the driver Kyle I know Bush that's what fan. I'm saying that's what I'm saying it's just a random Bowman comment though I wasn't expecting that it was funny uh Tyler says this race will be a classic that I'll be re-watching 10 years from now oh damn nice. I, mean, last year's too. I yeah, like that auto class. club went out with two two big yeah. wins yeah I agree I remember another track that did uh speedway anywhere says gotta love all the naysayers that said uh it would be a couple years before kyle would find success at rcr so far he's been nothing but competitive in all three races it's just all kyle bush stuff like oh god it, it is uh, yeah that's me. why we led with he's it he's loved he's loved now for <laughs> loved him no, are there any kyle bush hate comments can uh, you find any? That'd be uh, hard. Uh, like anyone who says that, like, oh, Mickey Chastain handed it to him. the cat. <laughs> the, it was because of the cat. The cat should have been a caution. Should have ended their. Oh you know. god. Okay, we got a few at the bottom here. I'm, I'm, oh, here we, we go. go. They've all been thumbed go. down. Uh, we're gonna again. We're not gonna do final five. We'll do final three because, well, unless they they uh, repeat themselves. All right, Todd Taylor with the third lowest voted comment of the poll. He says, and again, I'm, I'm going to preface this every week. This is not me saying this. I'm reading people's thoughts. Uh, Todd says, single file racing sucks. Glad this track's getting demolished. Yeah, I got a few of those comments, too, on my post and the little auto clip video yeah. I made last week. They were like, yeah, good riddance. It ain't for everyone. Yeah. Uh, J.R. Smith says, why do people, <laughs> people say this was great? It sucked. This track sucks when the race goes on a 10-plus green flag run. 
Uh, and then, yeah, there's wait, just... so, wait, so you don't want it to go 10 green laps? Yeah, so you don't want to see racing? I, I think so, he's, I think so he's saying he, he must be a big fan like of the clash, then. I, yeah. I, I think he's more saying that, uh, when they get racing, he doesn't like it. Oh, but, okay, yeah. okay. And then last one is a guy named JJ saying, awful race, awful winner, glad Auto Club is changing. Oh. Was, it, was, it, was it JJ Yale? That's JJ Yale. He's salty. He's still salty. <laughs> 15 go. years, man. Yeah, let it he doesn't go. even drive that car no more. Yeah, let it go, bro. You, you blew it. <laughs> Uh, yes, but that was the, uh, the poll. Oh, uh, yes. And that'll do it for the famous Iceberg Poll on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. No, no offense to our JJ Yaley fans out there. Yeah, <laughs> to the few of them. Uh, all right, we'll, we'll go into the Xfinity race a little bit, the actual true final two-mile race. but We're going in order. Wow, we're actually going in order. This I'm gonna be, yeah, whoa, that's yeah, weird. That is weird. Yeah. I'm going to be honest about this, though. This race to me felt like a lot was happening while nothing was happening. See, like there were things the... that happened, but yeah. that's how I feel about it personally. Now, first off, it was on FS2, so yeah, it, that was it, just not everybody has it. Put a damper know? on it immediately. Yeah, <laughs> so not everybody has it, but but I do like Ryan Blaney and uh, Joey Legon commentating. The thing is, is that you could tell they were just so tired because <laughs> they didn't even get oh, oh, Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, Logano was definitely out of the. Yeah, there's just some times he's just there's a few on. tangents I heard that I was but, like, yeah, this is funny, but like, but Jared yeah. brought up a good point. I did like their energy more than the cup booth at times for sure. Yeah. But then early in the race, right from the beginning, Tyler Reddick, he was just having a bad day, like to like Sam Mayer got into Mushed. him, yeah. And then apparently later in the race, Josh Berry got into Tyler Reddick. Like, I was was Tyler Reddick invisible to the junior motorsports cars or something because they was just he was just getting manhandled, not, but not then invisible the, to the touch. <laughs> but then the biggest save of all, Sheldon Creed, man. Oh, he is awesome. That that was one of the best Where saves did he finish? I'd ever seen. Uh, it was weird. Like after that, he was running in the top five, battling for the lead. But I think his car fell off a ton. And yeah. just, he, he just drove the wheels off of it. Sheldon <laughs> Creed with the yeah. save. But hey, props to John Hunter Nemechek getting an opportunity. And then Sam Mayer, too. He's. In the second race, wow, he was closing in in on him a little bit there. So I, I want to ask, did any you know we talked about the FS2 thing? Did any does anyone not have FS2? Because like I had to find like a workaround to get it. I um, you can log into the Fox Sports Go yeah, app or yeah. whatever. We, we used the app. So. That's what I did. Freaking app. I don't. I have too many yeah. apps as is on my. phone. I mean, I, I just went it on my. It just browser. goes on the Roku. Yeah, yeah I, I just went to like foxsports.com or something and weaseled my way over from there. Yeah, yeah. but that's the way was, you can watch it. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was inconvenient. I couldn't watch it on. Well, I guess maybe if I really said if I could have, I was watching on my computer mm. while I was editing post race. So it was like I had one eye on the race, one eye on work. Um, it was good. Congrats to John Hernemacek. I thought early in the race, Sammy Smith had the best car. So Gibbs all around. Oh, Sammy Smith. Hey, that, that was yeah. a funny. That was a funny part though. When like he was trying to get the trash off of his grill, and then he just goes yeah. back and takes and the immediately lead, like, past him. <laughs> yeah, but Sammy yeah. Smith, he looks very promising. Looking very. Promising yeah, that was right a right. very promising, like first, you know, quote unquote, real yeah. race of the season in that car. So, um, but yeah, JGR looked looked tough, and and for the second week in a row, some of the JRM cars looked a little discombobulated, but. Congrats, though, to Sam Mayer with a really good finish. Uh, I, yeah. I really want to see good things from Sam Mayer. I feel like we've talked about this off camera, I think, maybe even on the show. But like two or three years ago, Sam Mayer was beating Ty Gibbs in Arca. And Gibbs arguably was in a better car. They were toe-to-toe in Arca. Then they went to Xfinity, and it's been night and day. Ty Gibbs is a champion. And <laughs> Sam Mayer, did he? Did Sam Mayer make the playoffs last year? 
Yeah. I think he did. He snuck yeah. in, right? He was did in. he? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sam Air was in. Okay. At least he made the playoffs. I don't think. I don't think he'd make it. Back another year of Junior Rodas. Yeah, didn't make no, it. He, he was in the playoffs. Now, was he a factor? I don't know. I don't think so. I, I just know he's made a lot more mistakes. Yeah. And I, I love Sam Mayer. I think he's got so much potential. I love that he's a Wisconsin driver. Reminds me of my boy Matt Kenseth in a lot of ways. But he's made a lot of mistakes the last couple of years. And I just, just reined in a little. And I liked what I saw out, out of him at Auto Club. You know, sure. for the most part. Second place finishes. I think he was second, right? Uh, second, yes. third? Yeah. No, he finished yeah, second. He yeah, finished second. Yeah, he finished yeah. second. But uh, Cole Custer, though, he was looking like he was dominating. But then... He ran into issues there. What did he do? He brought down the cup walk. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. But then Austin Dillon was involved in it. Then he got a lucky yellow and he was up front there with a damaged collie car. So it was a it was a pretty interesting race during some of the point during uh, well, some of it. I asked uh the chat what they thought, and I, I gave three options because they only give four and I couldn't give the normal one. So I said great oh. slash good, average or below average slash bad, and sixty-three percent said that it was great slash good 34 well not 33 percent said average and then three percent said it was a bad race yeah so, it was a good send-off race yeah a very good send-off race. Uh, and it had a very uh picturesque sunset in the background now last bit on auto club i know we've been going on for a while uh but last bit on auto club i want to ask you guys uh what's the legacy of this track like when, when people 20 years from now think back of two mile auto club what are they thinking? Go. Herbie fully loaded. Herbie's <laughs> on the fence. <laughs> Maggie Payton's only career or <laughs> Cup Series win. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, what is the legacy? I mean, it was an ambitious project when Roger Penske uh, first kind of helmed it. And, you know, when did it open? 97, I think. I think it yes. was in the middle of that boom. Like Texas was that same year. When was Chicagoland? Like 2000. Yeah, Vegas was like in the late 90s, I think. Uh, Kansas, I want to say, was around then. It was in the middle of the boom. Yeah, it was right in the middle of that boom where you got a lot of those intermediate tracks sprouting up in non-NASCAR markets, and it had some fantastic years. And I think it helped NASCAR maintain a pretty major presence in the Southern California area. Um, I think, obviously, the crowd we've seen the last couple of years shows that it could have survived. It wasn't like it was a dying track by any means, but shit 540 million dollars for not even uh, all the I land found for up, only like i found it a uh stern tweet and an updated number it was a uh, closer to 600 million 600 wow. million dollars just for the land I mean, and, can, and you, can you blame enough? them exactly like i i hate to say it but it's just that land in many ways just outgrew a two mile track it's just racetracks the expensive part of racetracks is the land they take up a two mile oval takes up a lot of space and there's a lot of folks out there willing well, to pay a premium for they, it. So. They pointed out some good stats about that area. It's right by the BNSF. It, the the, the interstate's mm-hmm. there. The BNSF railway runs through there. So lots of industries can get their uh, freight moved out. So it has a lot yeah. of advantages. Yeah. yeah. I'll just, I'll remember the in the 2000s when I first started watching, I always looked forward to California Speedway because Matt Kenseth won like three <laughs> times there in five years. And it was, uh, when I went to Auto Club in 2020, that's the only time I ever visited it. I was stunned. He, Kenseth was retired. He had, this was pre Larson uh, issue, a suspension. Uh, there was a ton of Matt Kenseth merch in the stands at Auto Club Speedway. And it, <laughs> like, I'd never seen that outside of Slinger Speedway in Wisconsin. I thought that was pretty cool. So I'll always have a soft spot for yeah. California Speedway. The legacy is going to be a track that aged like fine wine because growing up, like, I, I did not look forward to the, to the race every year during Labor Day weekend. And a lot of other NASCAR fans didn't either. Because it was freaking 500 miles long, 
And it was just, it felt like it was a freaking single lap. It was a single file lap parade. It felt like sometimes, but it had its moments. And then as the, as the surface had, had, uh, had uh, aged over the years, um, you saw the better racing over time. I mean, it all really started to me, for me, it, it all really started with the 2011 race, the 2011 race where Kevin Harvick and Jimmy Johnson had that good finish. I was watching Dale Jr.'s hot pass that day. He was making a ton of passes throughout the evening. And really from there, it just felt like the track just got better and better. Now when the, now when the, you know, with the old car and stuff, when they had a certain package, there were some races where it was like, oh gosh, why is this track still in the schedule? But with the right package, it's still an awesome track as we've seen with the Gen 7. So, you know, it sucks that this track is leaving, but at the same time, I'd rather have a short track than go through another decade and a half of watching boring, just single file racing. Um, and also the most important part to me is IndyCar doesn't race there anymore. That was really like that, that track's meant for, for IndyCar racing really. So if they're not going to race there, then there's really no point to to have it anymore. Yeah. I, I, I think what people are going to remember it for both on the IndyCar and NASCAR side of it is motorsports in the 2010s. Let's like it 2010s when it comes to growing motorsports in America, it was not a positive decade. On, on really any front, for the most part, at least nationally. And that auto club for a lot of fans was that glimmer. You know, that that one good spot that you knew going into that. It wasn't like a super speedway. You know, it wasn't like a, a short track. But you knew that it was going to be just solid, you know, passing, racing, multi-groove. And, and it fit both series. It could bring two fan bases together in, in ways that really not many other tracks could. So... I think that's what makes it so bittersweet because I, I want a short track and I think the short track route at the moment is is the better way to go about it um, just because if IndyCar is not going to go there, NASCAR is going to spend, like you said, Darian, 10, 15 years trying to, to cycle through a repave, then is the track really going to survive the way it is? I don't. I personally don't think so. So I think that mm-hmm. having it go out the way it did too, at least racing-wise, with good racing at the end will at least give that good feeling to fans watching. Cause remember because of, of the uh, virus of unspecified origin, uh, we, we didn't have a race in 21 at, at auto club. We had to wait two years after mm-hmm. the 2020 race, which was, I think even for, for the 550 pack, which was a solid race. Uh, so I, I think that's going to be the legacy is that people, you know, it's going to be remembered fondly and it's going to be remembered as a track that people wish 20 years from now was still there, even if it couldn't have lasted maybe that long. That does it. That yeah. Do it. Just past there. the halfway point. Look at us. Yeah. One hour in. Wow. Oh, and right on the dot, too. Look Dang. at us. Wow. Ooh. We're not even trying anymore. Man. That sounds. This is natural. Yeah, that's great. Oh gosh, yes sir, yes sir. I hope it's striking me. I hope it's striking this beautiful hair of mine. And it's the lightning round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Jared, what do we have on tap for tonight? Uh, first one I want to talk about is Slap Shoes. He's doing a short track tour of America. He did a video about it, talking about where he's going to be. Uh, and I just want to let people know I'll be at least, at the very least, I'll be at the Rockford Speedway on June 10th with him. Uh, I so thought that was cool that he added that to his mm-hmm. list. I don't know if I assume that was a recommendation from from Usted. Uh, he 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 and I have, had talked about going to the Speedway before, and he knows about it because of Ro- Mark Martin's past. Uh so like 
I know he's wanted to, but yeah, this is the last bit that he's, you know, last chance he's got at it. But yeah. the trailer race of destruction. Uh, that's what's going to be coming up. That, uh, that's one. That's one. If I can make it there, I'd love to see it. June 10th. June 10th. Same weekend as Sonoma. Uh, looking at some of these other on here. Uh, there is a, a new gig for Vince Welch. Uh, the wheel is in his hands. He's going to be calling the High Limit Sprint Car Series on Flow Racing. He's going to be calling it with his son, Dylan, which is going to be really cool. And you don't hmm. really see that uh, very often in sports. Mm-hmm. Maybe you see you saw a little bit maybe with the Collinsworths working together, but that's about it. Hmm. Um, Kenny Wallace and John Roberts are going to come together for a race day revival at Bristol next month. Whether it's like race day or not, we'll see. Uh, uh-huh. Here's to hoping it will be. Uh, NASCAR is exploring grooved tires to make cars, quote, more out of control, according to Denny Hamlin, on top of what they're doing with the short track package, too, and others. Uh, Jenna Fryer found this out, but Kyle Larson is going to be running the 2024 and 2025 Indy 500s, so we'll mm-hmm. be doing the double, I would say. That, I'd say that's, that's pretty big when it comes to yeah, that's, overall yeah. racing. A uh, couple more here. Uh, Kurt Busch, unfortunately, still not cleared uh, on concussion protocol. Um, but today, the new next-gen Lego car has been released uh, for 50 bucks, according to Adam Stern. Uh, so for those Lego fans that are NASCAR fans out there, uh, you, have, uh, you have something right up your alley. So that's pretty cool. They had a, like a model. They had it out at Daytona, out in the fan or not mm. the fan zone, but outside the track. And it was, I was like, "That's pretty cool." I think I'm not. Yeah, a, like I got a I got the email person, from uh, I got the email from NASCAR's media alerts about it today, and I thought it was pretty cool that they were doing that. Uh, then let's see. One last thing. Uh, Anheuser Busch could be going to Track House next year with Chastain. Yeah. possible. I love this. I mean, no, I don't love this. Let me let me stop here. Well, I love it for Ross if he gets if he gets Bush Beer or Budweiser, whatever brand. But Stuart Haas Racing, like I, I don't, I, I like why, like what, like wh- why, like I, I don't I just, know. I don't know how to talk about Stuart Haas Racing anymore. Hey, because I just, y'all hear that? No, yep, not. Yep, there it is. Thunder, it's here. Oh, there it is. There you it are is. just too late for the lightning round. What are you doing? <laughs> But no, well, I, I mean, it still is the lightning round because I'm dragging this on because I just SHR, man, they need something. Harvick leaves. That's a huge hole. If they lose Bush beer too, and they might lose Smithfield in a year or two. It's like, man, I'm actually worried about SHR's future. Like, I just, <laughs> but I don't know what can be done to improve it. Cause who do they go get? Who do they go get? Chastain's locked up. Bowman's locked up. Suarez is locked up. You get McDowell. Is he going to turn your team around? I don't know, man. Look, I, uh, I supremacy. I don't know. Gone. You hey, might I, lose Rodney Childers in a year. They're screwed. Like I don't. Hey, I hate to say it that way, but I feel like they're they're just doomed. At this I agree. Point. I agree with what you're saying too and stuff. And by the way, the chat. Thank you. Sorry, I was just laughing at the chat. God, we got that taken care of. Thank you. But nah, yeah. Storehouse Racing though. I don't know how to view them. Like they're clearly not one of the elite teams anymore, which is sad too. Because you know Tony Stewart runs it, and I don't know Harvick is going out. You know in his final season, and now Bush might leave. Like I don't know where the direction of that team goes. And we're only two races in though, so. We'll see if they they can turn it around, but uh, looks I, like there's a I, lot of work to do. I, I like Chase Briscoe, but he's still young. I like that he's got Mahindra. High Point seem to be loyal to him at least for the time being, so that's all good and great. Priest, I think, is going to be good, but it's too early to say for sure. And then you're gonna have two holes to fill, both as drivers mm-hmm. and now potentially sponsors. Like that's like the 41s 
I mean, Priest is bringing some sponsorship, so I'm not going to say it's unsponsored, but it's not fully sponsored. Uh, so that's just, God, losing Harvick's bad well, enough. You lose Bush Beer too. To Chastain? Hey, I got the solution. I got the solution for you. You know, he just finished inside the top 10 in his Cup Series debut, the Riley Herbst era. He he has no worse finish than the top 10. I mean, he's good to go. He is running a little bit better in Xfinity, so I'm not totally against it. He's ahead of... Hey, Riley Herbst is ahead of Tyler Reddick in points. (laughs) That is true. So I, well, actually, so I, I don't know because he's an experience. Well, no, he, he doesn't yeah. get points. Oh, yeah, yeah no, never mind. But, no, never but, mind. <laughs> but I will say, side note, I got to say, uh, Riley Herbst, he does seem like he's gotten better. And I'd like mm-hmm. to see him get a win this year. I, I really yeah. I really think Cole Custer coming in as his teammate could be a, a good thing for him. Yeah, but like, I mean, I agree. I'd like to see <laughs> Riley Herbst get a win, but he's in like one of the best cars. We shouldn't have to say it like, I, I'd like I him to get a win. Know, I know, I know. Yeah, it's like at this point, I think he's going to end up in a oh. cup series ride eventually, but at sure. the same time, I wouldn't, I, I would be comfortable if he was like a Brandon Jones. It just kind of, kind of becomes like a, a legacy driver in the Xfinity series. Yeah. I just don't know. Yeah. He's got the money. That's He's got too problem. much money to be doing. I would, that like, I think that would honestly fit his career really well. And I, I will, yeah. you know, I've made, we made jokes before, but I wish nothing but the best for him. But I think what Danny mm-hmm. said would be the right choice. Well, I just, the, the money is, is there's Brandon too much. Jones, Brandon Jones has always had Menards. He could, Probably do the same thing, but he, he's 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 comfortable there. It seems. Yeah, I don't know. I just I just don't know what to say about SHR because I don't know what free agent they could go get. Can they pry Zane Smith away from front row? Would he even save them? I don't. I don't think drivers are their issue. It's it's just the it's cars equipment. have sucked for almost three years, yeah. and I don't know why. I don't know why. If somebody knows, if if, if if SHR, if Rodney Childers can come out and just say, I remember a couple of years ago he talked about there's something. I think the rear wheel wells or something. There was some funny like rule change, but like I, I I'd love to know why shr went from nine wins with harvick to zero and they've basically been you know they've been a b-tier team since like i just i wish i knew why because it's so hard to talk about shr at this point they just seem like they're downward spiraling talking about packages uh i guess that can kind of get us right into what we're going to talk about next and that is the new short track kind of road course package Wait, did I did I do my outro? Did we? Well, let's be real. Oh, did, the, the lightning my round bad. kind of melted into the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, did. Yeah, so, it is the lightning round. That'll do it for the lightning round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. And now oh, back yeah. to Hold the on. show. I got, I got, I got to shock him. I'm trying to remember where all the buttons are. Darian, just walk outside. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got, yeah, it's, it's coming down. But uh, yeah, talking right, about the go. new short track and road course package. Uh, so Bob Pockris tweeted most of this stuff out that the new package for road courses and short tracks will be first off, two inch rear blade, uh, three of the diffuser strikes and engine panel strikes. Yeah, will be will be there. But yeah, removing the others uh, and uh, overall reducing downforce to. Uh, 30% less of what it is now and at most tracks. They won't use it at Bristol and Dover because they don't have the wet weather packages. They don't want to make different packages for each track and start going overboard with that. Uh, but one thing that caught my eye, and I know he said this on, pers- uh, on purpose to catch my eye, is that we haven't had this little amount of downforce since the 90s. That is bait. I'm just letting people know. When they start talking about the mid-2000s and the 90s, that is bait on everyone who's nostalgic. Just want to say that right now. I hope that they're right, but that is bait. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds great. Everything sounds great on paper. They did test this at Phoenix a few weeks ago um, with like seven or eight cars, however many were there. I don't remember. 
Um, and I just remember they started with the four inch spoiler, basically what they have now made a few changes. They tried to implement a bunch of the stuff. I think they tried using the same underwing from the garage 56 and I may be mistaken, but I remember the drivers basically said, no, there was no difference. So they started chopping off the spoiler. They started taking pieces off the underwing, which is what we basically have here. And once they got down to a two inch spoiler and they took all these things away, drivers, I know I, I said in my video today, I re referred back to a quote from Logano and a quote from Bell that both said this seemed like the right direction. They were very encouraged by what they felt in the car driving in a pack. So I think it'll make a difference. I don't think it's going to completely fix or make Phoenix or New Hampshire, the greatest race on earth anymore. Uh, but I think it'll be an improvement. You know, they're still going to more than likely, maybe not, but they'll probably still be shifting They're, You know, the wheels, the contact patch is still larger. So there's still a lot more grip being generated from the cars themselves from the like tire. Much I say the tires are, still gripping the road more than the old one did. The brakes are still better at road courses, especially. So there's still a lot of things to overcome if you want the racing to be great again, but this seems like a step in the right direction. So we'll just have to wait and see. I don't know. I think this needed to happen though. Like not, yeah, not I'm just glad they're trying something. Mm -hmm. Well, not just yeah. for short track racing in general in NASCAR, but the, just the fact that North Wilkesboro is good is like, the next big event that needs to work for NASCAR. And if they don't have the package that can support that, that'll be one of the biggest failures of the last 30 years of the sport is yeah. re resurrecting this track after years and years of fan support and then not coming back like in a good way. Yeah, I know. I agree. I think I'm glad that they did it. Uh, I'm also glad they were able to do it in a cheap way. It sounds yes. like like the expensive way would have been to completely change the design of the cars <laughs> or get Goodyear to develop all new tires, which they might be doing with the groove tires, but, you know, completely changing the size. I mean, that would have been crazy, but effectively they're just removing pieces. Um, and I guess they're modifying the rear spoiler, but all in the grand scheme of things, these are fairly cheap changes. Um, yeah. So hopefully they work. Cause if this works, then NASCAR deserves a pat on the back for saving potentially a lot of money and, and getting something really great on track. But we'll, again, we'll just have to wait and see. I don't know. Now, now according to Bob Hawkers, they won't use it um, at Bristol and Dover though. Yeah. So AKA the non wet. Weather yeah. Pack. I think it's yeah, just because they're too fast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just, it's way yeah, too fast. For that. Too fast. Yeah. They don't use the wet weather package with those because of mm -hmm. them being too fast. Mm -hmm. So it, it makes sense. Plus yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. I thought Dover and Bristol were pretty good last year. First. Yeah. They were fine. Right. They're, they're pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah weren't bad. Nashville was great last year. I know it's a little bigger, but I remember Nashville, another mm -hmm. concrete, shorter oval was fantastic. Yeah, but this should put the fan base at ease somewhat. But then once they actually start racing, I mean, like, what are we actually going to see? I mean, I don't know. I don't think I think it's going to be it's this is going to be one of those situations where it's not going to be a quick fix. I don't think it's obviously going to take time. It's obviously going to take some time to, you know, get adjusted to the package and stuff. See how, you know, they adjust to it, how they race with it. So it's going to take a while, but I think it'll certainly be better than what we saw last year for sure. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that pretty much kind of covers what we got from that. There's, Cause you know, yeah, it's really up to Phoenix. Like just that, that's when we'll we know, really can talk about it. Yeah, yeah. We'll know in 10 days if there was any difference. <laughs> oh my yeah, God, Phoenix pretty much. Is in 10 days. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Well, or 11 days, whatever it is. Yeah, season 11. just started. Yeah. Uh, but the other, uh, I guess one other thing we can talk about, and it's really, it's just kind of speculation at the moment is uh, uh -oh. some good old speculation on the podcast. It, it's Ooh. a Chicago street course. Uh, we're going to say this in the, in the least 
uh, political way possible. Uh, the current mayor of Chicago lost their election, and street courses Goodbye. and street races are very dependent on local support and local government support. That was the one person of local government in Chicago that actually supported it. Uh, what what I I guess my question is what are we looking at moving forward? Um, because there was a 180-day backout window that would have been January 1st of 2023, I believe, uh, for this race. They could, the city could have backed out, and they didn't. Uh, but the runoff, I don't know if anyone can hear that, but my window is getting pelted right now. Good Lord. Uh, I, hear that, I don't hear anything. It's nice and dry here in Texas. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> uh, but there's a runoff election, and one of the candidates, uh, Paul Vallis, I think, is very much like he's been very vocal against NASCAR coming to Chicago. And so if, especially if that candidate wins, long-term, uh, if we're talking about the three-year long-term, I guess – should should we start buying these more again? I I was gonna say I knew there was a reason you yeah. wore that t-shirt tonight. No, I just I wore this because it helped me they, with the white balance. They've <laughs> they've they've got to start thinking. Okay, we we might need to do something last second. Yeah, I mean that's what it's looking like. I mean because under the old administration, you know they wanted this race so badly, but then it sounded like the public really didn't want it there for the most part. Now you got a new mayor that's about to come in there and he wasn't really a big fan of it. Like, I'm not saying that they're just going to totally cancel the race before this season. I mean, there's already been a bunch of plans and again, they're already past the, uh, the back out window. They started but, selling tickets. Yeah. They've already started selling tickets, promoting it on TV and stuff. But does this last past 2023? I mean, there's a strong possibility that it perhaps won't. So at that point, um nascar would have to look at some other plans for other possible street courses i mean they have talked about going into other markets so i mean yeah i guess this would i mean yeah it technically would be considered a failure if this only lasted one season you know because i guess their ambitions wanted you know they wanted to be there for at least multiple seasons um but if they don't i mean again they've talked about other markets publicly so they go look into those i imagine if because I, I imagine this year's race is still going to happen, uh, even if there's some local uh, opposition. I, I just think it's too far along at this point. Um, things Crazy things happen. Big city, you never know. But I, I definitely think there's doubt on year two and year three, and I think they have two great options just down the road. They've got Chicagoland Speedway, which according to you, Jared, and people you talk to is still very much in race condition. I mean, they're going to host a motocross race there um, in a few months, I believe. And then Road America course there's always road america just uh, a few hours north i know it's in it's like the polar opposite of the chicago street course it's mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere but it's a beautiful facility beautiful grounds great racetrack and the fan turnout the last two years was uh incredible so um will they feel good about having their date stripped for a year will they boycott the 2024 race i i don't know i think i think they'd still enjoy having nascar no. at their at their facility so there's backups i think this year's will still happen though and really quick jp last wrap a good point he said um, that the uh, the Boston GP also so takes uh, sold tickets, and I don't think they uh, ever raced that. So yeah, that's a good point. No, but I mean, I mean exactly. this is NASCAR though, so I don't know. With uh, all of this promotion they've been doing, they're gonna have they're gonna it get the be, race in this year. I think it would be yeah. rough. I don't know what the penalty would be at this point for Chicago to back out of the deal. A lot. Um, but I would hope for NASCAR and its fans' sake that it would be a hefty penalty so, to make up for the make up for the goodwill that would be lost uh, by many nascar fans from NAS nascar fans. yeah it, it would be a lot um because um, 
be honest, and this is the way Chicago uh, residents put it as well, NASCAR fleeced them. Like NASCAR, yeah. NASCAR got a great deal out of this, <laughs> and Chicago gets penalized no matter what they do, mm-hmm. which is great. If like it's great to have this uh, race be run, uh, but at the same time, uh, it's not really great if you want to win over the the residents of the of the city itself. I'm just no. hoping that long term, when they do street races, they find places that are like very actually open. like. They actually want them there. With Los the Angeles and the there. Coliseum, it seemed like, at least from the way that you guys that have talked about it from being there and others who have been there, it seemed like people around Los Angeles kind of embraced it with open arms. And then, because yeah. it's not intrusive. I, I think the problem, not to cut you off, Jared, or the rain's cutting you off. The rain's cutting me the, off. <laughs> but the problem, the only problem I see with the Chicago street course, and I'm planning to go, I, I've actually have tickets. I'm going to the Chicago street race as things currently stand. I'd probably but be the, there too. The problem with it is it's intrusive. It's in the middle of like the busiest cities in the town, like Long Beach. And I know like it's LA, everything's crowded in LA, but at least it's a little away from the city. St. Petersburg, that's not Tampa. You know, it's a little removed from the, the, the densest parts of the city, but the Chicago street race is planned. Like it's right. They're racing down freaking wall street. If this was New York city, they're right there. It's Lake, it's was it Lakeshore drive, Michigan Avenue. They're, it's right there it's in the heart yeah. pretty much so okay. that, well, that is invasive maybe that's a better word i saw the top tweet last night during the mayoral elections there was Lori lightfoot's f you out the door was giving us a nascar race so we can't use grand park <laughs> and i'm like that's not well and 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 this and again i want chicagoland speedway back and while i don't agree with the chicago street course necessarily with all the planning with it I un- I also understand if there is to be long-term racing in the Chicagoland area, if this track is to get a race back, this race has to work to to bring more people in. If you want to bring more people in from Chicago, be, like having everyone from Chicago hate your guts for being there and <laughs> and counting down the days to you leave is just not the right way of doing it. Yeah. Um, it, it now the the what I worry about is Chicago had a similar kind of deal with F1 back, I believe, was it Darian? You'd know better. Was it like 84? Uh, was race supposed to happen it, in Chicago, and it didn't yeah. happen. There was, the, you know, we talked about there were the a race few, in there Boston were, that was supposed to happen and got There were a few out. races, a few races in both F1 and IndyCar that were don't, supposed to be street course races that were Don't underestimate planned. dirty politics when it comes to something a city doesn't want and winning sure. over people who would be would be your voters long term mm-hmm. for a new mayor with all the yeah. men who already don't want it or are against how it was done. So I'm glad Chicagoland Speedway has been kept up really well because it might need to be the backup plan. Uh, and and I can't wait. Well, I I would I, I would like my Speedway to be back, but at the same time, I don't want I don't want NASCAR to look stupid or fail to do it either. You know, I'm rooting just, for yeah. a scenario where it comes back for you, Jared. Mm-hmm. I again, I hope it comes back, but <laughs> I, I I just and you know I'm I've been very vocal against. You know, with my thoughts about the the street race, but I I don't want to see NASCAR look stupid in doing it, even I, if it's here, not their fault. Here's a random thought for you, Jarrett. What if we could see a scenario come where uh, Sonoma takes over the Auto Club date, and ISC needs a summer date then, and they go to Chicago Land? I'll go. That, <laughs> I'll be perfect. there. I'll I'll tell you what, man. I'll I'll be like I was telling my parents this back when it it first closed uh, for 2020. I was like. I'm going to chain myself to the damn fence before <laughs> I let that place go. One, I'm going one more time, man. Um, no, nah, but 
I, it's going to be, again, it's going to be something that's going to be an ongoing story to watch both before the race and after the race. It's going to be, it's, I think it's going to get spicy. I think it's going to be very spicy, and I'm just glad that we're here every week to talk about spiciness. Can't wait. Why Can't is it wait. spicy? <laughs> All right. All right. That about. I think that about covers uh, the the Chicago race. Let's go to another big city. Uh, Viva Las Vegas. Let's yes, go, Darian. Let's go home. Las Vegas. Yes, sir. Las Vegas. The home track. Las Eric's Vegas. been there. Eric, you've seen the facility. Amazing facility. Amazing neon. Holds garage. up very nicely. Yes. Yeah. It's awesome. I love it. Love it, but yeah, let's well, get into it. Yeah, let's start going into some of these races. We got three races this week, and I'm gonna start. We're gonna go chronological order on this. Okay. So, starting off, we have the Victoria's Voice Foundation 200 for the truck race. Uh, and I I don't know if people if the rest of these guys saw it, but I uh, accidentally because I saw Victoria's accidentally typed in Victoria's Secret 200, and I went, and then I went back <laughs> and on the schedule. Uh, I'm like, oh, I wish. <laughs> I uh, wish, I wish. Now that'd be an interesting one. Yes. Not, probably indeed. not hitting the target demo on that one. Uh, <laughs> 134 laps in that one starts at 9 p.m. Eastern time on FS1 and MRN. The forecast, 59, sunny, a bit chilly, on a 0% chance of rain, though. Uh, defending winner of this race, Chandler Smith. Uh, now the Xfinity. Chandler. Chandler. <laughs> Chandler. Now the Xfinity race will be the Allsco Uniforms 300, 200 lap race starting at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday on FS1 and PRN. Uh, MRN only covers the truck race this weekend. Uh, the weather for that one, 62, clear skies, a little cool, 0% chance of rain. Ty Gibbs is your defending winner. Uh, and then you got the cup race. The Pennzoil 400, 267 laps. Starting at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday on Fox and MR, or PRN, I should say. Not MRN, I typed that wrong. Uh, the weather for that one, this one's looking grim, guys. 62, sunny all day, a little wind in the afternoon, but a 1% chance of rain. It was snowing <laughs> in Summerlin today, for those who um, live there. In Summerlin, it was snowing. <laughs> I, I, that's why I was laughing a second, because I read ahead and I saw 1% chance of rain. Yeah. I thought... <laughs> And uh, Danny, got to the cover defending? their bases, I guess. Who's the defending winner of that one? Uh, gee, I, I wondered. Alex I wonder. Bowman. Ooh. Ooh. Are you he sure? backed into it. <laughs> he backed into another win. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Well, while we're uh, talking about this stuff going into uh, Las Vegas, Darian, why don't you go over some of your betting odds? We'll put them on screen right now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The betting odds on the NASCAR weekly podcast. Kyle Busch enters this weekend as the favorite at plus 600, followed by Kyle Larson at plus 700. At plus 800 are both Ross Chastain and Joey Logano. They had that epic battle in the last Las Vegas race during the playoffs. And finally, rounding out the favorites is Danny Hamlin at plus 1,000. As for the best of the rest, very interesting. All five of the best in the best of the rest category are all plus 1,200 apiece. Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, Christopher Bell, Martin Tricks Jr., and William Byron. And as for the underdogs, Alex Bowman, the defending race winner, the defending spring race winner, enters this weekend at plus 2,000. Uh, Daniel Suarez is plus 3,500. Brad Keselowski coming off of a top 10 finish at plus uh, 5,000. Ty Gibbs, the rookie, at plus 8,000. And finally, my personal favorite, Corey LaJoy at plus 20,000. Remember, at Fontana, he ran consistently inside the top 15, top 10. We need a lot to go his way, but uh certainly looks promising. And those are the betting odds on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. And before we move on, 
Let's give an update on the NWP Fantasy Leagues. Right now in the NWP Fantasy League, the main one. Uh, first, um, NP1 is Bubba's uh, Sports Mania Talk. Uh, he is, um, um, they currently have a three-point lead over Toyota Tough. Uh, third is 24 for Life. Uh, fourth is S. Debay, uh, 09. And running out the top five is Allen. And I see uh, Danny B. Wife is in P6. I'm P7 and my mom's in P10. So not bad. And as for the uh, other league, hold on, give me a second. Let me pull it up really quick. Um, as for the top five in the uh, second fantasy league, Natty City Racing is P1 over the outside line. Um, YRB89 is third. Unofficial oh, unofficial Illinois representative Josh Wise is in P4. <laughs> That's an interesting name. And rounding out the top five is Mr. Maximus34. So yeah, thank and- you guys for playing. And uh, looking over here at the pick points uh, this week, Eric got a win. Congrats, Eric. Uh, which means Eric is the leader with 50 points. Chat is nine back. Darian, 17 back. I'm 18 back. And Danny is minus 20. Uh, still, within, mm. we're well within all a race this far in. Not quite a basement yet. Hey, no, it's still no. P3. I'm happy to just be up there again, finally. It's a good feeling. And that leads into picks. Start with the truck race. Eric, (laughs) start us off. Who you got? It feels good to be back out front in that clean air. How does it feel, chat? Second place. (laughs) First loser. Minus nine, though. They're minus nine. That's that's a whole stage. (laughs) <laughs> oh i see the chat they're 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 talking smack it's hard to talk smack when you're behind it's too yeah. excited about this right, i'm sorry i'll, oh, I'll stop begging them on um <laughs> truck pick i have a feeling most of us if not all of us will have a pretty clear consensus on this one um, but he's back uh once again new manufacturer same uh scary 51 kyle bush gonna win the truck race at his home track you know it took some work to finally get up back up to where i can pick be one of the first picks and hey, you know, depending on this pick, I might be sent back to the basement. I'm not sure yet, but I'm going to go with not Kyle Bush. I'm going to go with John Hunter Nemechek to score the victory at Las Vegas. He's won here before in the truck series. He's beat Kyle Bush before, as a matter who's, of fact. Who's he racing for? What truck is he in? Uh, the, the 17, the David Gillen. But hey, it's John oh, Hunter he? Nemechek, though. Yeah, it's John I Hunter Nemechek. Someone else is oh, on yeah. that one. He is. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah. On that truck. It's John Hunter Nemechek, though. So I'm going to take the risk. Why not? Let's go for it. John Henry Nemechek, 51. My boy Michael Carrot is on that truck. Go Kyle Busch. <laughs> and the chat's f- been pretty, pretty Yeah, it, it's pretty obvious. Oh, I see one John Henry Nemechek. Well, one, one person likes your idea. Oh, uh, David a Bell. Like... Mr. Bell likes ah. it too. Nah, see? Dude, there's a know. few random entries. Like Kaz Grala's in the one this but week. It's, it's Kyle Busch, though. Give him um, Kyle Busch. Brennan yeah. Poole's in the 46. Uh... Well, jumping at me. Daniel dies in the he's always in the 43. Mm. Yeah. Well, while they're, while they're jumping out to you, who's jumping out to you for the Xfinity race? Um, so Kyle Bush is in this one as well, driving for <laughs> colleague. Uh he has a great chance at sweeping the weekend. One, two, three. Uh, but I don't think he's gonna win the Xfinity race. I don't know that I trust those colleague cars. I think he'll obviously be top five. I think he'll be one of the biggest threats to win. But Darian, I thought you got your series mixed up for a second because I'm picking John Hunter to go back to back. <laughs> In Xfinity, uh, he had a lot of speed, especially late last weekend at Auto Club. I think he'll go back to back. I think he's gonna have a big year. Oh, John Hunter. Okay, so I see. I see what our mindsets are. Okay, I'm gonna come <laughs> to my senses now for this pick. Kyle Busch. I got Kyle Busch winning in the Xfinity race at least. I got him winning that. 
KFB. Yeah, Cowboys. <laughs> Are you guys gonna pick KFB for every every race? And it's look, I'm looking at I'm looking at the chat, and they're all Kyle yeah, Bush. yeah. <sighs> like it's pretty simple. Does it feel weird to say the ten will win, chat? Yeah, yeah. I like how me and Maybe Eric we'll picked John Hunter. We picked John Hunter for different series. Well, we though. swapped Kyle Bush and John Hunter on. <laughs> yeah, we swapped our picks. <laughs> yeah, oh, I I keep doing that for Cup guys. Yeah, I, I think Eric Eric Amarola will do all right this weekend. But yeah, let's, um, I think Eric Amarola will do good. Hey, last year, someone backed into a win here. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Kyle oh. Bush for them for Xfinity. Who for we sure. got for the Cup Suck pick this weekend? Um, I don't want to pick on SHR. I feel like I did like 20 minutes ago, and I feel kind of bad about that. So I'm not going to pick an SHR car, but I'm looking at other drivers who struggled out the gate this year or at least find themselves in pretty big points holes um one of them i didn't mention in my video today or in this podcast yet was uh william byron who if i remember correctly is currently 29th in points oh uh, yeah i can put that on screen really quick a lot of that's <laughs> bad luck i'm pretty sure he was caught up in the was he caught up in the big restart wreck this weekend i'm pretty sure so I think he I, was like, he's obviously run better than 29th but I, I don't know i just feel like a lot of guys having bad luck early it kind of just spirals so I, I don't know i'm just gonna throw william byron's name out there i don't know <laughs> uh i'm gonna go with uh tyler rack to suck i know we're three races in dude you're already piling up on him look 23 11 they still have some things to figure out a sucky run for tyler reddick compared to last year would be like 15th in my opinion so i mean and and you know considering how you know they've uh, started off the first two races that's a pretty good run i guess compared by uh by uh by a uh, comparison so tyler reddick is gonna suck this weekend uh, I'm going to go because this guy won in the lower series race last year at this trek. Uh, but I, I think that Ty Gibbs is going to be the suck pick this week. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm also in consensus of Jared on this one that I think Ty Gibbs is going to have a, a down week. Uh, now looking at the chat, it was between Cindric and Reddick, but I'm, I'm seeing, I've saw more Reddick. So, I think I've seen more Reddicks. Yeah, we're gonna go I'm Tyler Reddick on this one. Redick. Yeah, I'm starting to see more Reddicks now. So three in a row. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Dark horse <laughs> time. <laughs> Sorry, I saw a funny comment. We'll see if it comes back to bite them. Um, dark, dark horse time. Dark horse pick Daniel Suarez. Uh, he was uh, he was third in the two stages here in the fall, if I remember correctly. Um, but I don't know, Daniel Suarez at the end of that auto club race, I think it was uh, auto racing analytics who, uh, a few of us, I think met at uh, Daytona a couple weeks yes. ago. Good kid. Good dude. Um, he calculated that Suarez, I think had the third or fourth fastest, uh, like average final 50 laps. So like they had speed when it counted most, he bounced back from that speeding penalty mistake. So, uh, I feel good about Daniel Suarez being in the top five. Is he really an underdog still, though? Like when you think, I think about if, it, I think if you're picking him to like contend for the win, I, 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 think I don't maybe know. Right. The way we saw him run last weekend, well, hey, that's going your on. odds. Your odds had him as a, an underdog. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> good plus thirty five hundred. Yeah. I saw yeah. him at plus uh five plus five thousand earlier. Yeah, today. I so saw his that odds, on your short. His yeah. odds have actually gotten better in the last day because yeah, yeah that is too low. Thirty five hundred is a little mm. more reasonable. Yeah, good opinion. point. I'm gonna go with Ryan Priest though. Uh, Storehouse Racing. They're still on the men's. They're still trying to to figure out what the hell they're gonna do this season. Ryan Priest. Uh, he would have had a, a hell of a better finish if he wasn't involved in that big one at Auto Club last weekend. Um, I'll, you know what? Hell, I'll even go as far as a top ten finish this weekend for Ryan Priest. That's how much I believe in him. <laughs> wow. no, I see the chat. I see his chat. <laughs> 
Well, I'm seeing a lot of people spam in the chat, and I'm not counting them if they're spamming. Oh, uh, just telling. I'm just telling. I'm just telling you that now. Some people are putting it over and over again, and I'm just gonna discredit your pick. Uh, but as for my dark horse pick, I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm seeing the same people saying the same one over and over. Yeah, again. just just say it once, guys. Just say it once, I, y'all. I'm not Come gonna on. count it if you spam it. Just uh, say it once. Just say we've it went, once. We've went through this for years. All right. Uh, but for me, I'm gonna go through someone. Uh, go with someone for my dark horse pick, who for years has been really good. Uh, it wasn't last year, but I think this team is is faster. I think this guy is back in a lot of ways. Brad Keselowski is my dark horse mm-hmm. pick. Okay. So mine, anything can be better than how his race ended here last year, and I think he can actually bring speed that could be capable of a top ten, maybe top five. And I'm gonna go Bubba Wallace as the underdog. Okay, I think it's a good one. In the chat, I think it's pretty good. <laughs> well, I, I find it funny. We saw a lot less tens after they stopped spamming it. <laughs> and, and I will say, when you have a blue wrench by your name, not naming any of you, you stand out a lot more. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then they're obviously going to get on it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. The mod stop, like, once the mods stop spamming, I'm going to, well, there's a lot of them. Uh, I'll be honest, I saw a lot more 99s. When they stop spamming. Oh. Bet- I I would pull it. I think ninety nine or ten. I would yeah, ninety nine or ten. All right, we'll I would do a it. very short pull. That's the fairest way. <laughs> All right. I can't stop laughing. But I, but I, but I, we know what they're doing. <laughs> they, yeah. they saw him in I'm, the chat. I'm, they know what they're doing. I'm honest. I'm gonna. I'm, I might honestly just screw with them and just leave it. Leave the ten up for debate on there. Just oh, oh, Gerald, if you're, no. I mean, if you're gonna spam, that's on you. It's it's the same oh, thing they, they just for, don't... for Kevin LePage. They just want to be. Oh yeah, that is true. You guys have option. a history. I'll you give you the history, option, so. but <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, here we go again. All right. Well, that's funny. And oh, the Suarez train is going. You oh. can see. You can see who who maybe ha- <laughs> oh, wasn't at the, on the stream a year ago. Yep. There we go. Uh, I, I'm oh, sorry. No. It's 72 to 28 with 100. Yeah. And in the just, uh, and 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 now, congrats. You got Suarez. <laughs> Yeah, it's Suarez. Oh, I'm sorry. That's that. That's clear. As I can't. I'm, I'm starting I to wonder if we know who they're picking the win. I oh, gave you the chance to pick the correct well, winner. There the we correct go. <laughs> I gave. You cannot say I screwed you over on this one. All right, now to the main event. Who's going to win? Oh, there it went. Oh, it went. Oh, damn. We're off. We had a good thing going. Who's going to win at Las Vegas? Right. Uh, so I'm riding the Trackhouse bandwagon. They both finished in the top five last week. Ross Chastain led the most laps, faded on the final run, but I'm picking Ross Chastain to win this week. My only concern is that we kind of forget it's been almost a year now since Ross's last win. Mm-hmm. Like he's riding, he's been really consistent, almost won the championship, but he's kind of on like a, I don't know what the number is. He's probably close to a 30 race win this streak, which mm-hmm. I know for Ross Chastain two years ago, you would have said, who cares? But now considering the speed they've had, that's a little surprising. But I think he wins uh, this weekend. So, Chastain. I'm going to go with Old Reliable. He never lets me down here, ever, for the most part, at least. Joey Logano scores another victory. <laughs> another victory. <laughs> <laughs> sound like a goat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm uh, I'm going with, uh, with old Sweepy. Kyle Busch, he's going to sweep all three races this weekend. Okay. I've seen right. the man. I've seen the man do it twice in Bristol. He might as well do it at his home track too. Kyle Busch. Oh my goodness! I'm looking at the I chat, think chat, and there's oh chat god, is, they're, they're trying you, to stay away you, from Eric Almarola. I'm. I don't you, know. Brer Bear is going for Almarola. 
you realize me and Jarrett are basically right by each other and we're riding together this weekend. <laughs> Let's go. Gosh. Uh, I don't, there's no clear consensus in the chat. Yeah. Look, I saw a lot of Kyle bushes, but I would I would leave it I'm, for a I'm, second, let it see where it goes. Oh I've my gosh. Seen, I've seen a lot of eight and I've seen a few forty-eight. I've seen a yeah. lot of twenty-twos and tens as well. I'm seeing a lot Fire of eights. Bear. <laughs> I said give him a poll between the eight and the ten. All right. <laughs> let's give him a shot. That is a waste of pixels. <laughs> let's give him a shot. I mean, if you're going against Brer Bear, though, that's that's. Tough. Oh, no. Okay, so the eight and the ten. Eight and ten. Oh, <laughs> All right, here we go. We got All right. Let's see what happens. All right, Reed, go to the Super Bowl. Okay, they're, they're being smart. They're being smart. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> it just shot to like 92%. <laughs> it's coming back. It's coming back a little. It's coming back a little. There was uh, 298 votes, and they had 28% of the vote. That means there were still 83 people who voted for Eric Almirola to win. <laughs> anyway. Guys, this is crazy. We have We didn't have an off weekend. We didn't have something crazy happen where we only had to cover some of it. We didn't have one of the hosts or two of the hosts missing. This show went under two hours. Wow. Wow. That's we crazy. Were efficient tonight. When we was the last prepared. time? When yes. was the last time we did that? That's nuts. Uh, I, I don't know, but uh, you can see. Let's the talk about it for a few minutes. Yeah, let's talk about it. Two hours. We, should, we should make a podcast about this. Yeah. The after show. Uh, <laughs> become a member and you can see the after show. Yeah. <laughs> I have to. You I don't want that. You, you don't want that. Yeah, a thirty-minute after show. It, it, it'd be something. Uh, but you can see on the bottom line, I have all the upcoming shows for the next ten weeks and next week's show on March eighth at eight p.m. Eastern time, talking all about Vegas, going into Phoenix, talking about that short track package on Danny B's channel in the corner. I'm pointing sort of in that direction. There, right there. He's below right there. me. He's right below there. me. There you go. But yeah, you see it on the bottom. Danny is next week, March eighth. But uh, yeah, I, I think that about covers it, guys. We had a we had a lot of people come out tonight. I appreciate mm-hmm. y'all. It's been a good night. Thanks for watching. Yeah, thank y'all. Thank you guys so much for listening. We're li- yeah, we're listening. Or ignoring. We're listening. <laughs> Wait, yeah. hey, you did get a super chat before we end here. Oh yeah, oh, another one. One more. Yeah, one more. Uh, there we go from Chase Fan Nine for five. Kurt Busch said in an ESPN article a couple days ago that after his Pocono wreck, he couldn't stand up straight and couldn't recall the front impact. Ooh, ooh, yeah, yeah, it sounds like. Nice. And I think he said that the initial impact was something like thirty G's. Damn, that's rough. That's a rough man. Um, so wishing him a uh, a uh, speedy recovery, hopefully. But absolutely, I think about covers it, guys. What do you say? Yeah. We uh, we hang this baby up and head out. Yep. Hey, good show tonight, y'all. Hanging up babies. I don't. That's what seems like a weird practice. <laughs> Enjoy Vegas, guys. Enjoy Vegas. All right. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Fail. Steve, you look beautiful. You look great. Oh,